Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to the Chase Thomas podcast with a first-timer, Sean Powell of NBA.com here on the Chase Thomas podcast and the Blue Wire Pod Network. You can watch us over on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas podcast, like and subscribe, where you can get all these interviews with great folks like Sean Powell every day here on the Chase Thomas podcast. So go check us out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast daily program here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Sean, good evening, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm really anticipating this upcoming NBA season because, mm-hmm. I mean, I just see so much intrigue. Now, look, I've seen a few NBA seasons in my time, and maybe I've said this before, but the the storylines, the number of potentially great teams, the number mm-hmm. of legitimate uh, title contenders, of, of course, the big question are they going to be healthy? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if all goes well, and for the most part, we have some good health, man, this is going to be, I think, a very good NBA season. It's interesting you say that because uh, Ben Golliver, the Washington Post, and I, we did that on the pod a few weeks ago of just like how many teams, because it was a fun exercise where I don't think with you and I, just the NBA being our jam and just uh, being as familiar with the league as we are year over year, Generally speaking, we go into the new season and we're like, uh, probably four or five teams have a realistic shot at winning the title. I think you can make the case this year. I came up with 11. I think there are 11 teams. If injuries work in their favor, they can actually win the title. They have the right group to win the title. And I think we should we should start there. If I threw these teams, you tell me, title team or not, because double digits is kind of wild for... Uh, the NBA, uh, where it's not a parity-driven league. It is a star-driven league, and this is kind of a rarity. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's bring it. All right. Number one, the Boston Celtics. Absolutely. You have to mm-hmm. understand, they went to the NBA Finals last year, and you could argue mm-hmm. that they're better this coming season. With Malcolm Brogdon, and I know Danilo Gallinari's got a little injury situation, but mm-hmm. ball goes well. Uh, of course, that's a bad omen. Of course, we just talked about injuries. But if that all goes well with him, he probably will be be available, say, in the springtime. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always thought uh, Malcolm Brogdon is exactly what they need, a, a, a point guard who can set up his teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Jason Tatum doesn't have to labor and create for himself. I think that's a good, that's a good team. That's a good, uh, a good candidate. Number two, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I always thought all along that if they got themselves together, yeah, big if. Yeah. And Ben Simmons, you know, can, you know, show us that, you know, he's still a, a very good player in this league. And KD still one of, if not the greatest player in the game. And Kyrie, you know, doing Kyrie things on the court. They've got some depth. I like the, the pieces they added. Uh why not? Mm-hmm. And, and think about it. Wouldn't that be crazy next June if we're watching them lift the Larry O'Brien trophy? I mean, insane, right? I would just love to see Sean Marks and Steve Nash share the trophy presentation yeah. with Kyrie and Kevin. Like, I, yeah. I, I yeah. can only imagine what that would be like. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's some last dance elements to this, right? Like, they're just running it back, and we'll see what happens uh, yeah. on this front. But, I mean, there is some... The, the hate amongst <laughs> of yeah. what the situation is. Maybe it all drives them just with how uh, frustrated Ben, Kyrie, and uh, Kevin have been over the last couple of years that maybe it all drives them and gets them back in that title conversation. I don't think you can you can rule them out. Number yeah. three, the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, so here where I might, I might be waving a little bit. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that they're not going to be a good team. But they've got one all-galactic player. Mm-hmm. I just don't see the second one. Christian Wood, we'll see what he looks like with this group. Um, I think that's uh, that's a fair point. But it, I also go back to, like, they were just in the Western Conference Finals. And I think you can make the case yeah. that just removing Dwight Powell from that mix and not having to worry about Maxi Kleba playing an important role at the five for you mm-hmm. and just relying on 36 minutes at Christian Wood, I mean... 
crazier things have happened. They did this with Dirk uh, in 20, 2010, like just a bunch of shooters around Dirk and yeah. some vets, and it worked. You never know. You never yeah. know. But that's my whole thing. Is like, I think there's a, I think they have a smaller case than a lot of these other teams, but I think it would not be the w- most surprising thing in the world. They can go into this year and like, we might have the best player in basketball this year. And yep. that, that carries a lot of weight. Yep. Yep. You're so right. that's three. Number four, the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Well, see, this is one of those teams where, you know, uh, if you have one very important player, all-star caliber player coming back from injury, you're like, okay, well, we'll look good. Well, they've got two. Mm-hmm. So now you're saying to yourself, you know, both of them got to come back strong. If one, if only one of them had to come back strong, you'd really like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Now you've got two got to come back strong. And I don't doubt it. I, I mean, I like the modern medical techniques and everything. And, you know, and they haven't rushed Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray back and they've taken all the necessary steps. Uh, but with regards to Michael Porter Jr., you know, this is not a, a one-off thing with him with that back. You know, mm. he had it in college. He only played, what, two or three games in college. And then, yeah. you know, he fell in the NBA draft and flared up again and had another situation here. Uh, but, you know, to answer the question, you got to put him in because those two players are dynamic. And, of course, Nikola Jokic, we saw what mm. he did last year without those two guys. So, yeah, of course. I mean, we saw what Jamal Murray did in the bubble. Like, I just yeah. I think he proved himself to be a playoff player and a playoff assassin that having him for another postseason run with sure. uh, yeah. Jokic, they have to be in that conversation where it would not surprise yeah. anybody. Yeah. Um, the Warriors, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, slam dunk. So that's five. There you go. Yeah. The Clippers, a team you wrote about that we'll get to in a second in terms of the piece that you wrote last on NBA.com, I think they can win the title in 20, uh, 2023. What do you think? I am total in total agreement with you. Um, I like there's nothing that I don't like about this team. Mm. I like the owner. I like the coach. I like the coaching staff. I like Kawhi Leonard. He's proven. I like Paul George, who's had some epic games. I mean, you know, when you think about I know the bubble, he wasn't all that, you know, he had his issues. But since then, this guy has played well. And I like the way that he has bounced back from that. Everybody was hating on him, tweeting about him. Not only the Twitterverse, but some players were taking their shots. And what Paul George said, all that chirping. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Phoenix Suns. I think it was the Phoenix Suns who were going at him. But but the guy has responded big time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like him. And I like their, I like their supporting cast. Uh, John Wall, the big mystery player in the NBA. Uh, look, the fact of the matter is he hasn't played much the last three years, but in a sense that could be a good thing because he doesn't have as much wear and tear. Mm. So yeah. And he doesn't have to be the man on this team. That's the thing about this team that I really like. They, they're surrounding cats. They don't have to ball out mm. every night. They're, so they're deep. 14 deep. Yeah. They don't have to ball out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do like the Clippers. There you go. Same breath. The Lakers, I think, as currently constructed, no. I think they're a TBD on the Russ thing. Now, if they turn, if the Pacers do them the ultimate solid by absorbing Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook's contract and buying them out and doing that and just take it because of their money and them just sitting there and doing the Lakers a solid and they send Buddy Heald and Miles Turner to Los Angeles in some kind of three-teamer or two-teamer, it's fine. I think there is a case. As currently constructed, I don't think they're a playoff team. However, the volatility of a healthy Anthony Davis, who was the best player in the bubble, who did just win a title two years ago, gets his full offseason away from basketball, able to recharge. We know what a healthy top five MVP type Anthony Davis is. I think they still have to be in the conversation with LeBron and AD, who still the two of them collectively can have a season where they're both top five players in the league. So I think that I, I put them in there. Would you not? I would not. I think their ceiling even with healthy Anthony Davis and healthy LeBron James, their ceiling is they're going to spoil it for somebody else. Hmm. I can see them in the playoffs knocking off a Denver, knocking off the Warriors, knocking off a Memphis. Kind of like what they almost did against Phoenix two years ago. Exactly. I can mm-hmm. see them as a spoiler. I think they can beat one very good team in the playoffs. I don't think they can win, beat two. Okay. I think that's where it's going to catch up with them. And first of all, Indiana, why would they do that? First of all, didn't Indiana just do Phoenix a solid by tending an offer sheet to DeAndre Ayton? 
I don't know if that they did him a solid. I think it, it's the opposite because it kind of took them out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. Now, if they don't do that, I think they're in it. I think they may have actually destroyed the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. For well, but first of all, uh, I'm not so sure. First of all, they would have to have to gut their team. Yeah. Brooklyn would have wanted more than DeAndre Ayton now. Mm-hmm. And you would have to ask yourself, I like Kevin Durant, but see, one, the one reason, and we'll get to this, I'm sure, later, but the mm-hmm. one reason why Kevin Durant is still in, in Brooklyn, a lot of contenders didn't want to gut their team. Right. Why would you gut your team and, and, and sacrifice your future? Nice player. But look, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but great player, no question. 34, 33, 34 years old, some injury. So I think Phoenix, you know, but anyway, solid. We'll get to things later. But with the Lakers, uh, yeah, I just think that they're a spoiler. Okay. And that's the, that, that's the best I can say about them. So we disagree there. I am throwing the Miami Heat and the, they can still win the title in 2023. Would you agree? Yeah, well, you have to. Put mm-hmm. them in there because Jimmy Butler connects on that shot. Maybe if Jimmy Butler takes a better shot, better mm-hmm. action, whatever it might be, didn't rush it. Eh. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, I think that um, Bam out of bio. Now, now look, Kyle Lowry's got to play better and he's got to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you know he's 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 on the other side of the hill, on the back nine of his career. He's got to stay healthy. I know they got Victor Oladipo might be able to step in, and Victor Oladipo is playing for his reputation and all that. I get that. But um, I think he's got to be healthy because there's so much competition. So, But you got to put Miami right there. That's a tough team. There'll be a tough out in the playoffs. Very, very tough out. The Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Look, we all know. Mm-hmm. We all know. Chris Middleton's healthy last year. Bucks could have gone back to back, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. I think they win that series if Middleton's healthy. We did win that series because yeah. without him, it went seven games. Yeah. Uh, with him. Which is funny, too, because the year prior, if Brooklyn's healthy, they probably beat the Bucks, and the Bucks don't win the title. Like Absolutely. Kevin Durant almost did it by himself. And we could play this game. We could play this game. I know, isn't it? Yeah, it's the whole every year you could do this. Every year. So. Uh, but yeah, let's assume again, we started this conversation assuming great health for everybody, mm-hmm. right? which of course is not going to happen, but yep. great, great health for everybody. Oh, absolutely. I, I And this, you know what is the scary thing about the Bucks? Mm-hmm. I think Giannis still has a ceiling. <laughs> I, I think we haven't seen, look, this guy's a two-time MVP, but I still think, I still think his, he's got some room to go. You know, because, you know, the, 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 the mid-range shot. And by the way, let me just say one thing about this. So a lot of people want Giannis to improve his out sh- outside shooting and everything. That's great. I'm glad Giannis says, you know what? I'm not going to take five and six three-pointers a game. I'm going to improve my mid-range jumper. Why mm-hmm. not? It's a lost heart in the NBA. Of course, you bring yourself a little bit closer to the rim. You shoot a, maybe a little bit higher percentage. You can get to the rim a little bit quicker if you pump fake from mid-range as opposed to pump faking from the three-point land, okay? I think Giannis has got some growth, man, and that is a scary, scary thing to say about a two-time MVP and a finals MVP. Scary, scary thing to say. But it's fun for us as people who like watching Giannis onto the oh, yeah. basketball. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the final two that I have, I have this Philadelphia 76ers. And the Phoenix Suns still both able to win the title in 2023. Yeah, the Sixers, uh, I like them. Um, man, but a lot of things got to go well for them. The matchup, I think for the Sixers, mm-hmm. it's going to be a matchup thing. Hmm. Like who they see along the way. And I think they need like Milwaukee to get upset before the conference finals or Maybe Boston get upset before the conference finals. Then I, okay, Philadelphia got a pretty good shot. You know, mm-hmm. maybe if they're playing Miami in the East Conference Finals. All right, well, might, might be Philadelphia. But if they're playing Boston and Milwaukee, I don't know. I just say that because James Harden is, he's not the James Harden of Houston. I'm sorry. He, mm-hmm. he isn't. He's not shooting such a high percentage. You know, he's not destroying people off the dribble every night. It's more like every third game. Uh, you know, he's not. Dropping 45, 50. And you might say, well, with MB, he doesn't have to do that. I, I, I disagree. I disagree. Uh, I think there's some nights where MB was like, would like to have a break. Yeah. You well, know? Maybe that's where Tyrese Maxey comes in. 
Yeah, you know, and Tyrese Max is good. I'm not so sure he's going to win you a championship. And that, that's no that's no disrespect. Mm-hmm. There's like 85 percent of players in the NBA not going to win a champ win somebody a championship. It's just a, a special 15 percent, mm-hmm. right? So Tyrese Max is a good player. He's going to get paid. All that stuff. I love the way he's you know he's risen in the NBA and everything. But he ain't going to see that ball with the game on the line. That ball ain't coming to him. come on now come on yeah and i don't think tobias uh wants it swinging to him either i I don't think so but the suns too i just think the suns are the the suns are the weirdest for me where i i can't uh shakes uh nba friend of mine telling me that like they're kind of like what the jazz were and they just kind of got hidden because anthony davis goes down and if they lose that first round series to la two years ago we have a completely different view of phoenix and what they've built the last couple of years where they go down in flames in that first round series and in this past year where they go down in flames to luca where it was just mean what dallas did to phoenix like it was kind of embarrassing if you're phoenix um in that series and now you're bringing it back with deandre ayton who clearly does not want to still be a phoenix son i don't know like it, the phoenix it, it, they're the hardest to me to pinpoint of the contenders you said if Phoenix was a little bit embarrassing about Dallas. I thought it was a little bit embarrassing about New Orleans in the first round. Hmm. I mean, think about that. And the yeah. Pelicans without Zion Williamson making you sweat a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, you saw Chris Paul, you know, looking at this little run of a point guard they've got, and he's, you know, taking it to him hard. And mm. I mean, and and Brandon Ingram's balling out. And I mean, that's a scrappy team. Yeah. I like that team. Um, but we're not talking about New Orleans. We're talking about Phoenix. Not on our, not on my list, by the way. Yeah, yeah not on my list. <laughs> nice little story, but mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but Phoenix, um, the, the, my fear with Phoenix, it, and, and by the way, I think Phoenix has a pretty good chance of having the best record, regular mm-hmm. season record, because I just think that a lot of the other contenders, Denver, Clippers, whatever, they're going to rest guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing a load manage. They're not going to give Jamal Murray, you know, 37 minutes a night, right. any game. Come on, they're going to load manage. So th- it's not their goal to have the best record in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, but Phoenix, I think because of their depth, because Devin Booker's a gamer and, and he's young, Aiton's young and Bridges is young, they can play 75, 78, 80 games, whatever. What scares me about Phoenix is I think Chris Paul, the last two years, blew his best chances of winning an NBA championship. And I don't think he's going to get close again. When you think about it, they're up 2-0 against Milwaukee and the NBA Finals and, and, and can't finish that. And then last year, they had the best record in the West, and they just get ambushed. And and Chris Paul wasn't all that great throughout the playoffs. And I get it, you know, he's Chris Paul, the point guard, all that point guard, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. he did play well for them during a the regular season. But the NBA season is an endurance test. Mm-hmm. So come April, really doesn't matter what you did during a regular season. Now you gotta play 35, 36 minutes a night, and you're on the floor during very tough stretches. And again, it's an endurance test. Guys are you're playing the same team, so they're scheming against you, all that sort of thing. Chris Paul's had a great career. He's won a Hall of Fame and everything. But I just think right now, you know, I, I don't I don't know. How much stock should I put in last year during the playoffs? How much stock? I don't know. Hmm. I still think his best chances for the last two years, I'm not so sure he's going to get enough. Well, I like it. Um, it sounds like to me, though, we're, you got 10. We got 10 out of 11. Oh, yeah. 10 yeah. and 11, which is still really good for the league. If a third of the league is going into the year thinking that they can win the title, that's healthy for the league. That's a healthy spot to be in, I think. Absolutely. And that's why at the outset, I said the one reason why I'm really looking forward to this season, if everybody or most everybody stays healthy, it can just be just a very intriguing season. I just mm. see. And even the teams we haven't mentioned, uh, the Chicago Bulls of the world, the Toronto Raptors of the world, uh, we touched on the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Minnesota, and everything. Those Hawks. Teams are, yeah, exactly. Those teams are still intriguing. Minnesota with Gobert, mm. and Hawks with DeJounte, uh, you know, the, the Bulls, uh, you know, assuming they stay healthy and they have a little bit more growth. Like last year, it was really their first year together with DeRozan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's still some intrigue, even among, you know, who I label as the spoilers, like the mm. The spoilers. Uh, so 
Um, and by the way, I get it. I guess we're going to get through this conversation without mentioning like, you know, the, uh, the Spurs or the Rockets, you know what they, yeah, you know they're, what they're not, doing, uh, doing, no. right? They're the contention. Spurs are doing one, two, three, Victor. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to pronounce his name. That's their, their go to every night. That might be the biggest prize of all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's what they're in for. And I mean, the Thunder have suddenly found themselves back in that mix uh, yeah. with Chet being out for the year. So, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, no, the Spurs, this is this is it uh, for them. Maybe that's Pop's last thing is he gives yeah. them their next Tim Duncan as he heads out the door. You He's like, I, I tanked oh, for my. you guys. I'm ready to go. And uh, good luck. Uh, yeah. developing the next franchise anchor for the next 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you wrote this piece, uh, Sean, that I think is interesting, where you wrote the case for your four teams who missed the playoffs in 2022 to make it in 2023. Yeah. Of the four, how would you rank them in terms of most likely to get back and least likely? Oh, um, refresh my memory. Who were the four now? I'm so to you've got... The Blazers. Okay. You've got the Knicks. Right. You've got uh, the Cavs. And the Clippers, of course. Yes. Well, I mean, we don't even talk about the Clippers. Of course, the yeah, Clippers are one. I think the Clippers are going to, if you look at the eight teams in the West that made the playoffs last year, mm. I think one is definitely not going to make it. Yeah. Year. And I think the Clippers take that spot. Now the question is, of those, uh, of, do the Blazers take the Pelican spot? Hmm. The Pelicans now they have Zion, so you could say, well, they're definitely going to be there. And if they're not going to take the Pelican spot, who are they going to take Minnesota spot? Well, mm-hmm. they've got to go bear, you know. Like you I can mean, make the case Minnesota has the best record in the West. Like just with yeah. what they can compile in the regular season, like you can make the case that go bear Anthony Edwards, exactly. Philippe, so and Cat. Yeah, yeah. And so whose spot is Portland going to take? They're going to take what the Grizzlies, Nuggets, Warriors, the Suns. I mean, come on now. So. To answer your question, it's going to be, look, I like what they did this summer. I didn't love what they did this summer, but I mm-hmm. like it. You know, they, they gave they gave Damon Lillard some help. Okay. All right. I mean, I like, uh, you know, Gary Payton and, you know, and. You know, Healthy Nurkic is back in the fold. Nurk, Jeremy Grant. Anthony okay. Simons took the lead yeah, last nice. year. Yeah, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I think they're right there if somebody slips up. But yeah. um, to rank them, the Clippers, of course, runaway number one. The Knicks, uh, again, uh, if you look at the, I always judge about it. The, the eight teams that made the playoffs last year, who is most vulnerable of missing the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I mean, again, that's very, very difficult. I mean, you could say those eight teams will probably run it back again. But again, if any of them slip, maybe a Chicago maybe a little vulnerable. The Atlanta Hawks maybe yeah, doesn't really truly work out the first year with DeJounte. I mean, you know, they could be right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, y- you know, it's 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 going to be difficult for three of those four. Very difficult for three of those four. Not truly difficult. I just think they're right there. They're going to be in a playing situation. And if somebody slips up, I think they're going to be right there to, you know, get maybe the, the seventh or the eighth spot. But things have to work in their favor. This is why the plan is such a win for the NBA, where I think we're going to see some of these just bloodbath situations. I mean, the Cavs and the Hawks last year was just musty television because mm-hmm. the Cavs, who were this awesome story, it's in Cleveland. The Hawks are like Trey Young is just a villain wherever he goes and is just embracing this kind of thing where I went into that one as a Hawks guy. I was like, there's no no chance the Hawks lose this game. There's there's no way that Trey's going down to Darius Garland. This is not happening. He's not losing a one-game playoff to Darius Garland. He's going to take this personally, and they're not going to do this. Um, that being said, we don't have to re- relitigate what happened in the Miami series and mm-hmm. uh, what Trey had to deal with on that front. But right. I just look at it as like, you're right about Portland where someone, they're sitting right there saying somebody slips up, but I do think... We are now we've gone so far the other way on Dame that it's it's ridiculous the way we talked about Dame now, just because he was injured this past year. He finally has this abdominal surgery that he's been putting off for years. But like Damian Lillard, like has raised that ceiling in Portland so high since he has entered his prime that like now that we're at the point where we're like, are we sure they're a playoff team? I'm like, I think. I would uh, if Dane plays 80 games, 78 games, I don't see how they're at the very least not in that seven to 10 range. I just don't see how Damian Lillard still being in his prime is not able to carry this team to that point. 
And then we're looking at amazing situation. Is it Dame versus LeBron in a play-in situation? Is it Dame versus, um, I don't know, Zion Williamson or his old friend CJ McCollum in a play-in situation? Like, yeah, yeah. that's awesome for the league. So you, I, I'm very, very curious to see what the Blazers look like. But, you know, think of the, again, think of the playoff eight last year in the West. Mm-hmm. Who's vulnerable? Memphis Who's vulnerable? is vulnerable. Who's this? Memphis, I think, is vulnerable. Ooh. Jaron Jackson out till January. Wow. Jaw has wow. never played 82 no. games. I think there's a quick scenario where like injuries could just destroy this team very quickly. They go from being second last year, mm-hmm. best record in the in the West, and within what a couple games of Phoenix. Yep. And playing tough in the playoffs mm-hmm. to being maybe, maybe in a playing situation. Ooh, that would be a steep fall. This is not a popular one. Memphis fans get very t- tense when I put this out there. Like I, I would have sold it like the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. Memphis should have been at the forefront where like I am doing everything I can to win a title with Ja before he falls weird. And this all goes awry because mm-hmm. the way he's falling, he gets injured in that series against the Warriors. Jaron Jackson, if you look at the games played through four years, like it's just it sucks because he made that leap in the playoffs and I love watching him play. And if you could turn injuries off, I'm all in on this Memphis team. Like, I love the way they play. I love that crowd. I love that city. But I just don't see a scenario where they're making it 120 games with that core. Like, You, I just, know, you said something very interesting. You, you said you thought Memphis should be all in. You know who else I thought should have been an all in? Hmm. Is New Orleans. First yeah, of all, I agree. You've got a ton of number one picks that you own yourself mm. and from the Lakers and the Anthony Davis trade and from the Bucks and the Drew Holiday trade. And you've got some young talent on that team. Mm-hmm. You don't mean to tell me you could have sent five unprotected number one picks to Brooklyn mm-hmm. plus Brandon Ingram. It, well, well, you probably could have held on to him. Since, I don't know. You're probably the Brooklyn would have required at least somebody who can win now. And you're not giving up. McCall- they don't probably don't want McCollum in this situation. And I think McCollum, Kevin and Zion, that is a really, really strong good. three man core in the West. Yeah, that's good. And you've got some of the, you know, the young talent coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought New Orleans probably because the only reason why I said New Orleans mm-hmm. is because I just thought with all that draft capital they're sitting on that they could at least satisfy that part of the deal. Hmm with multiple unprotected number one picks that would not hurt the team because they've got a ton. And you have Zion and Kevin Durant, Mm -hmm. plus maybe CJ or uh, Brandon Ingram. Uh, And, you know, you've got those young guys coming off the bench and, you know, who knows? But anyway, they want to grow it organically. They don't want to take any shortcuts. I get it. I get it. Uh, but I just thought they had a shot. I agree with you 100%. Um, switching gears a little bit, which lottery pick, Sean, are you most excited to see on his new team this year? Um, I have to make a confession. Okay. Uh, and this is probably, I wouldn't say it's embarrassing, mm. uh, but it's probably a little bit unbecoming of a professional journalist. Such okay. As- but I watched virtually no college basketball. <laughs> I just, I mean, dude, I, mm-hmm. I, I got enough basketball on my plate. Mm-hmm. And I look, do I know who the players are? Yeah. Do I watch the NCAA tournament? Not religiously, but a game here and there. Do I watch the final four? Okay. A little bit more. Do I watch the NCAA championship game? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But dude, I, I, I'm not into who, Kentucky is playing and, and, you know, uh, in the holiday tournament, I mm. just, you know, so anyway, uh, that's me saying I'm probably a little unqualified to really give you like a really good opinion. I can just tell you based on what I saw at the summer league, mm. uh, how could you not like follow? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, I think he's got the body. Uh, how, how could you not, you know, and and the overall game court vision, things like that, you don't really see from big players. Mm-hmm. Uh, how could you not like Keegan Murray with uh, Sacramento? I, Plug like and play, him. older player. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Detroit, you know, has got a Ivy, I think could be really, really intriguing in that backcourt with Kate Cunningham. 
I, you know, I would say one of those three, and it's always going to be a surprise player, mm. that, you know, taken with the 14th pick or whatever, you know, whatever, who's going to come up and, uh, you know, play very well. Matherin with the Pacers could, because he's going to get a lot of playing time, a lot of minutes and on a bad team. So he's going to have the stats. You know, make the slam dunk contest with those highlights he's throwing on yeah. the front. Like he is going to be in the slam dunk contest. Yeah, that so man, my, yeah. Any vision I would have about intrigue among young players this coming up season is really limited to the summer league. And we've hmm. seen our share of teases in summer leagues past. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin did you Knott, go this year? I did. I, I go every year. Uh, mm-hmm. Less for the games and more for the networking. Hmm. Um, because, you know, it's a smorgasbord. Yeah. Everybody's there. So that's always great. And because we're following the pandemic, there are general managers and coaches I just really haven't had a face-to-face discussion with in a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was really great this year from that standpoint. But, um, but Who's anyway, your favorite general manager to talk to right now? Who do you like talking with the most? Who, who do I like? Oh, wow. Uh, there are some of them. Um, you know, I'm a little bit uh, – I would probably have to say uh, Messiah Jury. Hmm. Uh, and, and, but – I have another confession to make. I mean, I spent some time with him over in Africa mm-hmm. for his, uh, you know, his projects over there. Uh, I've been over there twice now uh, in Johannesburg, uh, and I've seen him work with the kids and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the prospects. I see how um, his passion is for growing the game in his homeland. So I got a little bit of a weak spot for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, actually, I got beef with him, too. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I do have beef, but I, I told him, so it's mm-hmm. okay that I tell everybody else. Otherwise, I would not reveal this beef that I have. Mm-hmm. With I know you're interested. You're sitting on the edge of your seat, right? I've I, I've never heard anyone having a beef with Masai, so I'm, I I'm very I, curious to see how this goes. I just have a beef with Masai. Mm-hmm. So, if you recall, uh, Masai, his contract was sort of coming up with Toronto. He had to get an extension and things like that. I said, mm-hmm. all right. I think this is the right time for you. You you don't need to. You just won a championship 2019. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a general manager anymore. Aim higher. Mm-hmm. Go go call number 44. And you know who number 44 is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go call number 44. You guys get some of your wealthy friends. Get together and go place a bid for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I said, I don't want to see you in your present capacity. For mm-hmm. what? For what? It don't make any dude. This is a could be a once in a lifetime chance for you to become a partner for an mm-hmm. NBA team with Barack Obama. Think of the statement. The mm-hmm. statement. And he and he was like, Oh yeah, uh, yeah, um, I thought that dude, I don't want you to think about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to think about it. I want you to put that action. Do you think Adam Silver would have rubber stamped that in a heartbeat, dude? Yeah. In a heartbeat. Do you think the NBA owners would have approved that? In a heartbeat. Do you, you think, think Obama eventually owns an NBA team? I don't know. But again, teams don't come on the market very often. Yeah. But dude, when you reach 50 years old, 55 years old, I mean, look, I'm not, you know, we all suddenly are on a clock, right? Mm-hmm. So why not take the chance? I mean, it was a perfect opportunity. You had the former president who loves basketball and mm-hmm. who loves basketball. You've got his close friend, uh, Masai Ujiri. Mm-hmm. And then get on the phone and just call some some of your – they all got a bunch of rich friends. Mm-hmm. Get on the phone and just, you know, collect en- enough friends where you got four – It's a Magic Johnson thing. You can always network. And there's just – there's a whole, always going to be a group. There's a group that – yeah. It's never Absolutely. just a sole ownership anymore. So then when, of course, the Timberwolves were eventually sold uh-huh. – I saw him, I saw Masai and I was like, man, you know I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> I don't know if I want to even talk to you, man. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, he just started laughing. He knew I was just kind of half joking. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was just a perfect opportunity for him uh, to, and he still could have had a role with that team in terms of mm-hmm. personnel and things like that. But why not, you know, take that 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 next step, the next rare step where you could be. It could be historic, you know, mm. and I just thought it was right there. But, hey, you know, what do I know? Maybe Barack Obama is like, ah, I don't want to own the team, much less the Minnesota Timberwolves. That means I got to go to Minnesota, what, two, three, four times a year. I don't know. about Who knows? Who I knows? mean, he might be waiting. Jerry Reinsdorf is old 
and Obama is a Chicago White Sox and Chicago Bulls go. fan, and Reinsdorf owns both. I like, don't know. Well, the only thing about that situation, Michael Reinsdorf is very active. Yeah. He's kind of really taken over. Well, maybe just bring in Obama. Maybe that's part of it. Like, uh, you know, look, you never know. Maybe mm-hmm. they, they probably – see, sports teams now, mm-hmm. because of the equity and, and how they – you know, they rise in value so quickly, the TV deals, all that thing, all that stuff. Uh, from a business standpoint, it's just such a good investment. You know? Yeah. And you're not going to lose money. You're not going to lose. It's like buying a house in Beverly Hills. You, mm-hmm. No matter how much you pay for it, you ain't going to lose money. <laughs> so, hey, man, I yeah. wouldn't know about it personally. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wouldn't know about Maybe you would. No, I definitely you got something on I'm here in East Tennessee. I'm in no, Knoxville, Tennessee, no. man. All right. Well, we'll just I'm from Atlanta. So I see a little bit, but yeah, but no, not, uh, not really my, my, uh, expertise. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, anyway. no, we're two journalists, man. Uh, that's, uh, that's not how we roll. Um, when you think about you, you mentioned Orlando and Palo, you mentioned, uh, Ivy and Detroit. I want to get your perspective on this. Cause I think it's really difficult to get out of the gutter when you've been there for a long time. I think mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to climb out. And I love the picks. I love what both teams are doing right now. But then you look at the East and you think, all right, where is the path to one of these two teams breaking through in the next couple of years? So you have Mosley, who um, did a really great job last year with this Orlando team. A lot of upside there. Dwayne Casey, proven veteran head coach, won a lot of games in this league. We know what he can do with the roster that can actually win. I think both are close. The problem I run into is if you're going to put one of those two teams in the playoffs in the next two to three years, who would you be more? Who would, who do you believe in more to make the playoffs in the next two years? Who do you think breaks the streak? Oh boy, um, that's a tough one. Uh, that's a really really tough one. Uh, Troy Weaver with Detroit mm-hmm. I think has done a really good job. You know, with his drafting, smart, manages the cap very well, didn't overpay for uh, Jeremy Grant, basically traded him while his value was high. Mm-hmm. That move was low. I love that move. Uh, it gives young players some playing time. I thought he's had a couple really good drafts. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think this is going to be the key. See, when you're a team and you've got some a, a good young player, rookie or second year player who is clearly underpaid, mm-hmm. clearly. I mean, because rookies of the year are underpaid based mm-hmm. on their value. You know, all of a sudden you've got them on the contract for, what, three more years when they whatever. But before you give them that rookie max, mm-hmm. it's important for you to find a free agent and you pay him $25, $30 million a year, bring him in before you give the guy rookie max. Because once you give the guy rookie max, now it eats up your cap. But you can go over the cap to extend that rookie. So I Mm -hmm. think the next couple of years are going to be very important for Detroit. They've got to find that one borderline or maybe even an all-star, disgruntled all-star. They come out, they come on the market every year. We see, you know, that disgruntled all-star they can bring in pay like $35 million, right? And have the table set. Mm-hmm. You have to finally got to go, you got to pay Ivy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to, uh, you got to pay y- your other young players. And then now you have a set team. I think, see, I think Dallas ran into that problem with uh, Luca. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they didn't, they gave Luca the extension, what, last year, but they haven't been able to find that number two. Yeah. And now, now well, they thought they did. They had, they thought it was Chris Dapps and then it wasn't. Yeah. It didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But so now, Luca's extension now is about to kick in. Mm-hmm. And then the next one's going to be, you're gonna, now you're going to be paying him up over to $60, $60 million. You just lost Jalen Brunson for nothing. It, it, for nothing. Mm-hmm. For nothing. And so if you're Dallas, you pay Tim Hardaway Jr. You, you know, Luca's got money. All of a sudden. Dorian Penny-Smith is expensive now. All of a sudden. Yeah. When it's time to get free agents, you've got mid-level type money mm-hmm. or maybe 10, you know, 12 minutes, whatever. You don't have 40, $35 million in cap room like Detroit has that mm-hmm. kind of money in cap room. So now it's too late. Yeah. Now it's too late. Now you just got to get lucky in a trade or maybe a late draft pick to try to find Luca help. Meanwhile, 
one day Luke's going to wake up. He's going to be 20, 27, 28, 29 years old. He's going to like, you know, I just think Dallas went all those years and Dirk, they got one championship from Dirk. Yeah. And I get it. You know, you could argue Dwayne Wade got the referees calls and everything, all that. And maybe he would have gotten the second one. Okay, whatever. But they got one championship from Dirk. Mm -hmm. That's because they never really got a solid co-star. They had some good role players in the year Mm -hmm. they won a championship. And they actually got a little bit lucky because those players, uh, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, whatever, they played probably a little bit better. Sean Stevenson. Yeah, they played a little bit better. Yeah. But I would – it would be a shame if Dallas went through 35 years of Dirk and Luca and mm-hmm. got championships. Think about that. I mean, it's like the Packers, right? With one title for Brett Favre and one title for Aaron Rodgers over a 25, 30 year time span. Yep. That's almost impossible to do. Yep. yep, absolutely. I think it could happen. It I could. agree with you because I don't think there's a path for a second star in Dallas anytime soon. I think that the money's gone and they took their big swing on Chris Dapps and yeah. that just did that backfired and they didn't get enough back in that trade because he was just not the same value. And then mm-hmm. just losing Brunson, who was your best trade chip for nothing. I think that's just it. I, I don't think there's a, there's not a lot uh, Nico can do right now. And I, I'm sure they're honest though. I think a lot of these front offices and coaching staffs and everybody, they're always communicating. So I'm going to guess that Luca is aware of the situation and they've told him, Hey, you're, it's going to be a lot on your plate. We got you Christian wood, but right now this is all we can do for, for a little bit and we'll keep trying, but understand that like the Chris Tapps and Jalen situation kind of put us in a bind just trust us. But the next couple of years might be a little difficult. I, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be Orlando. My guess is Orlando makes the bigger swing because I think Troy strikes me more as we're going to keep building this thing. We're going to keep doing this our way. We're going to keep like you draft uh, the Memphis kid and you keep that pick where people are like, oh, are they going to trade it to New York? We're going to bring in uh, Jaden Ivey. We're not trading Jaden Ivey. We have Cade. We have we're trading Jeremy Grant. We are building this slowly but surely like we're going to have our core collection. I think Orlando's looking at us like we've had no luck in the lottery post white. This has been horrible. We've hated all of this. We have a bunch of veterans. Now we're extremely deep in the guard situation. We have too many guards. We have to make some moves. Like we can't play Cole, Anthony, Markel Fultz, insert guy, uh, uh, Jalen Suggs. There's just too many. I think they're the most positioned to trade right now for like a Bradley Beal or somebody else at the deadline, like no state income tax in Florida. I think that's still something that's going to be enticing. I would just guess they push all their chips in once Paolo shows that he's the guy and they're like, all right, we're, we're just going to, we're tired of not getting any gate revenue. We're, we're doing something now. So my gut says Orlando. Um, again, that's why it was a tough call. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going either way. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, I, um, I think it really depends on how good, uh, Paulo is whether mm-hmm. they feel that oh this guy is so special we can now expedite our rebuilding project yeah. because we think that he is that special I don't know if he is maybe he is I don't know uh, Jonathan and Isaac this is a guy huge wild card hasn't played basketball in like two years mm-hmm. they they paid him and yeah. you know they had, they had to see something before he got hurt I don't know I mean you know Cole Anthony you know is he he looked good. Yeah. You know, when he got 35, 36 minutes a night, how's he going to deal with getting a cutback? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Suggs, is he good? Is he just going to be okay? Eh. You got to play him to find out. And that means Cole yeah. Anthony has to play a little bit less. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I think that um, they've got some intriguing young players. I don't know if they have an all-star among their young players. I don't hmm. know. Maybe they do. Uh, I just don't know. I agree. Um, the last thing here, it seems like Mitchell to New York is inevitable, Sean, but based on your perspective, if it's not New York, where have you thought about this summer? Where would you like Donovan Mitchell to go? If you could make the trade for Donovan Mitchell, where would you actually like him to play basketball next year? The first thing, if Donovan Mitchell was born and raised in Des Moines, Iowa, we wouldn't mm-hmm. hear this connection with him in the Knicks. The only yes. the only reason why we're hearing it 
Because a guy grew up up the street in Greenwich, Connecticut, which, by the way, Greenwich, Connecticut, about as far as <laughs> Scrabble, New York yeah. as possible. All right. I get it. The guy went to Harlem. His mom took him down to Harlem on weekends so he can play some pickup ball and he play. I get all that. But come on now. Yeah. The, the guy went to school with uh, future Wall Street bankers and attorneys and things like that. So mm. uh, but they want to claim him. That shows you how desperate the Knicks fan base is, probably mm. how desperate the Knicks franchise is. Uh, we want to get one of our own. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to claim him. Uh, and look, he would probably be a pretty good fit there. But again, do you got your team? You know, uh, but, you know, Danny Ainge ain't, ain't giving him away. After, after what Danny Ainge got for Rudy Gobert, he's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm Mitchell better than Rudy Gobert. So I should at very least get just as much. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think the Knicks ready to play that game. Uh, where would he go? Um, I would think that he would probably, you know, Miami. Mm-hmm. Pat Riley would roll the dice. You know, you, you've got some. If you could put him, Jimmy Butler, and Bam out of bio and give up, you know, um, you know, some of their young, uh, you know, look, I, I wouldn't know how, what kind of package you could put together for him, whether or not it, Danny Ainge would even, you know, reach for it or laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Hero obviously would have to be involved. Uh, yeah. Which is fine. He'd be expendable. If I'm Pat Riley, I say, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Donald Mitchell is better than, than, than Tyler Hero. So, um, that would be one place. Um, and then it, there could be some other situation where, you know, again, a Cleveland could have, you know, mm. package it with young players. Uh, you know, what are you going to do with Colin Sexton? You know? Uh, Still sitting out there. Yeah. I mean, sign and trade, you know, sign Utah, sign and trade, Colin Sexton, maybe get a third team involved, throw some number one picks there. All of a sudden, you know, add maybe, I don't know, someone else, Jer- Jared Allen, because you already mm-hmm. had another big man so and voila there you go uh so you know it's very let's put it this way i've always said this mm-hmm. trades in the nba are very rarely made this major trades this time of year. okay patrick beverly went to lake that's not major mm-hmm. uh, because at this point danny ainge uh just like sean marks have already heard their best deals yeah they've already heard them they ain't getting better particularly the closer you get to training camp Head coaches of these teams want to know who their team is. They're ready mm-hmm. to go, man. They're ready to go. They said, this is our team. So we're getting ready to go. So if the trade wasn't made for the major players like Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, like a month ago, mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening, if ever. And if, if it does happen, probably close to the trade deadline. I like it. Uh, Sean, this was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, I hope it was. That's, <laughs> that's what it was supposed to be, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, can you explain the what we got going on behind you? So, you know, I was sitting here waiting. I'm saying, yeah. I'm, looking at my, I'm saying, okay. Yeah. He still hasn't asked me. I mean, well, it's because I, I, I don't know you yet. Now I know you. We've we've connected over 45 minutes. So, like, I can ask the question now, what is behind you? So, what you see is mm-hmm. a full game-used Shaquille O'Neal Lakers uniform. The jersey. Oh, wow. Sports. Oh, yeah. Big, big. Like, I, I put on the shorts, they just fall down. Put yeah. them up fall down, put them up, fall down. (laughs) And, uh, so, and I had to go look for a mannequin Uh because I didn't want to put the Jersey on a wall. Where do you look for a mannequin? Do you go to stores and ask them like, do y'all have one that you want to get? You know how long and how hard it was for me to find a mannequin? I can imagine. Yeah. And, and it's not a shack mannequin, but (laughs) it's a regular store mannequin. But yeah, I found one and I put the shack mannequin on it. And so you see it's wrapped up with metals and everything. Yeah. My daughter was a uh, state champion and record holder in, in track and field, and she was also a uh, NCAA All-American at Baylor in track and field. Oh, wow. So, so I have her medals wrapped around Shaq. Mm-hmm. And finally, of course, you know, I work at NBA.com, which is, you know, run by Turner and everything. So mm-hmm. I can see Shaq, Charles and Kenny and those guys. So I had took that tech, take that jersey down there and say, hey, Shaq, man. Can you uh, hook a brother up with a little mm-hmm. autograph on the front? So you know, I got that too, and I just I thought, like it be, hey, I just I thought it would be a great object. But my best piece in the office is along my wall. I have mm-hmm. maybe about fifteen percent of the press passes that I've acquired through all the years. Mm-hmm. Now, I put all the press passes up; they would probably paper my whole house. That's mm-hmm. how long I've been doing this. But to me, that is the ultimate souvenir that hmm. is the ultimate collectible because when you can put 
uh, you press pass from arenas that don't even exist. Marcus mm. Square Arena, <laughs> you know, like for example, the Omni, the Omni. What, and I, no, I didn't go back that far. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> that's <what> I know. <laughs> but key me, arena. Yeah, I mean, and then I did other things other than basketball. I've got British Open, U.S. Open, yeah. golf, all that stuff. Uh, even a McDonald's All American game. John Wall, I covered his McDonald's All American game. So I put them on a nice collage and everything, and uh, and so that that to me is the ultimate because that tells the ultimate story. That's better than any jersey, whatever, whatever, anything I can get from any player. Mm-hmm. But that tells my journey from being courtside at so many memorable games, events, and things like that, that it takes me down a memory lane. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was there when Michael, you know, Jordan, you know, did this or, you know, LeBron did that and NBA finals, all-star games, uh, in, I mean, Super Bowls, you know, Wimbledon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you name it. So me, uh, it, that's the ultimate collectible. And you know what the most wonderful thing about that is? Mm-hmm. I'm still collecting them. There you go. Still in the game, man. No plans to slow down. No, I guess I can, I should give you a, just a little bit of look at them, huh? So you, yeah, you can look and there oh they wow, are. yeah, That's man. Cool. And we got the NBA Jam got over the there. NBA Jam working right there. Yeah, I like it, dude. That is cool. So anyway. Like it. Uh, that's sort of a little bit about, you know, my journey. Um, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this. I, I just consider myself extremely blessed, as I'm sure you do, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, talk about sports, um, witness sports. Um, I never worked a day in my life, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, but at the same time, uh, it, it is a job. And I feel a, a great responsibility to do it as well as I can, to be as creative as I can, to tell stories uh, to keep people reading, watching, interested in the NBA. And when I did other sports, you know, football, baseball, basketball, whatever. Uh, so, um, again, and then I'm here. I am talking to you, my man. There we go. Who, who would have thought? Huh? Who would have thought? thought the Paul Red thing? Not me. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, we, this was an absolute delight. Uh, we need to do this more often, man. Once uh, the NBA season gets started, let's uh, don't be a stranger. Let's uh, have you back on the pod soon. Ah, uh, my man, it's my pleasure, man. Anytime. You keep doing the good work. Thank you. I appreciate it, Sean Powell. Thank you so much. Go read him NBA.com today, um, and I will talk to you very soon, my friend. All right, my man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.